Joining me by phone, an organization I talk about a lot is Help the Persecuted. Around the world, they help particularly persecuted Christians escape persecution. They've been active in Afghanistan, and joining me uh, is the head of Help the Persecuted, my friend Josh Youssef. Josh, how are you? I'm I'm tired, Eric, but I'm glad to be on with you. Yeah, well, I bet you're tired. You've had a busy couple of weeks, and, and if you would just tell people about what you've gone through these last couple of weeks. You know, we, we got word that the Taliban had, uh, you know, taken over Kabul uh, last week and uh, week, week previous. And um, our field team began mobilizing and trying to get out of Kabul airport and just were unsuccessful. We tried uh, all sorts of uh, ways to get them out. There's about 150 staff uh, with families could not get them out Kabul airport and they ended up heading a different direction. And in that time from heading to Kabul airport to this other location, some of them decided, you know what, we're gonna stay back and we're gonna stay back and help more people escape. So we're uh, moving some of the team out of the country, those that are more vulnerable or eight, what we call high value, more higher value targets, HVTs. Um, and then we're keeping a core group of people in country to help others get out either by ground or by air. Gosh. So, I mean, how many people do you have behind? Right. Currently still 150 staff with families. You're probably looking at about 300 when you add in all their family members. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep a skeleton crew back right now. We've identified about 500, uh, in what we call MBBs, Muslim background believers. So converts from Islam, 500 families that want to get out. Our core team will remain on ground to do what we think is about another week left of, of air movement uh, from not from Kabul, from a different location. And then um, another part of our project is um, a, a longer term project where we have, we think that number will grow to about a thousand convert families that we're looking at more long term solutions to keep them in country and over time, onesies and twosies, as we say, getting them out of uh, out of the country. Now, how do you, and I know you do this not just in Afghanistan, how does Help the Persecuted uh, help those in-country avoid capture, torture, death? Uh, how do you protect them? Right now, we're looking at um, funds in through a system, uh, a system of, of fund distribution there. Uh, and then we're also topping up their cell phone, uh, their cell phone, uh, top up their, their cards in order for them to be able to keep communicating. And then um, also working on, um, like I said, the next probably seven days, we think we've got some air, some air movement where we can actually get some of these people out. The ones that stay, it's, um, it's, it's just, we're using a specific banking system to be able to get funds to them, uh, those that, that stay behind. Now, tell me about the, I know you can't reveal everything uh, that you guys do, but, but what what goes into building a network of people willing to help inside a country like Afghanistan or Iraq for that matter? In, in this case, my, uh, my number two, he's really my partner in this ministry. He had spent a lot of time in Afghanistan. He was one of the first ones in uh, with the troops after 9-11. And... Um, he had uh, a partnership with an organization that had all these staff. These staff are now part of our team 
uh, on the ground. And those are the ones I'm referring to. Um, they, they were doing great work. They were, for the last 20 years, they were women empowerment and schools, preschools, uh, all sorts of uh, agricultural projects. They were working with the U.S. government, USAID and others to partner to do this. And, and this is the thing, Eric. I mean, th- these people worked for government agencies and they were, they were just left. And, and, and that makes them a target. They, they are what we call HBTs, high value targets, because of what they were doing to help Americans and national Afghan forces, uh, you know, which is in a sense, a lot of it was in, in counter to what the Taliban, you know, wanted to be, to see, to be seen. And so they're at great risk. Yeah. And I just, I mean, obviously prayer is, is something that all of us should be doing in situations like this, but with them being at risk, I mean, what, what real world things do you guys try to do on the ground with them and for them? Yeah. So in most cases, um, we look at, um, emergency relief kits that are in, that's what we do kind of primarily in the middle East. And again, in this, in this case, um, it's going to be safe housing, topping up their cell phone cards and, um, and then getting funds to them to, to sustain them. That's the, that's the long-term uh, goal that we have uh, in, in this project. Now, okay, let's talk real world. Once you get someone out of the country, uh, what happens? Uh, where, where do they go? What do you do? It's, it's really complicated right now, but if we, if they have an SIV or a P2, or obviously a U.S. passport or green card, um, we can pretty much get them to uh, uh, a holding facility in Doha or in Ramstein in Germany, and then they get processed. Now, State Department has not been helpful here. I mean, super unhelpful here. We we, we cannot. I cannot state that more emphatically. They, they have they have they have changed the bar and moved the bar so many times. And we keep hearing from even, even other nations, members of parliament of other nations saying to us, hey, your government does not want this. They do not want these people moving. They're trying to put a lid on this so that it, I don't know if it's not, they don't want the optics of it or what the political reason is, but th- they have created this huge mess and then they're just trying to push this lid down and keep all these people in. So if we can't get them into these facilities, if these, sometimes these facilities will run at like 150% capacity in Doha and Germany, there are other countries that we're talking to right now about taking them. Uh, Hungary, for instance, we're, we're in conversations with, with the Hungarian government, wonderful people, uh, and they're weighing this up and, and other nations are starting to say, Hey, we'll take them. Uh, so those are possibilities too. If we can get them to neighboring countries or, kind of way station countries, we might be able to get them to these long-term countries other than the United States as well. Well, that's refreshing at least, but now let's step out of Afghanistan because help the persecuted. And for those of you just tuning in, I'm talking to Josh Youssef who uh, runs help the persecuted and Josh, you don't just focus on Afghanistan. You've got a lot of people involved across the middle East in this sort of mission. Uh, Talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, so we have um, staff stretched from Morocco all the way to uh, almost the Iranian border and handling um, some of the Iranian cases coming into other countries. They uh, respond to cases of persecution, uh, imprisonment, what we call civic death. That's where communities, families take away driver's license, passport, the ability for someone to earn a living. 
and they begin to kind of stranglehold that person to get them to come back to Islam. So our teams will come in. We've done some evacuations in some cases, safe housing. Uh, we've paid for lawyers' bills. We've paid for airline tickets, bus tickets. We've done uh, loans to help people get a business started in a community where they, where they're not, uh, you know, not encouraged to, mm-hmm. to 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 earn a living and be, and be independent. So we sometimes have to move them from one town to the other, or sometimes from one Arab state to another Arab state where they can take on a new identity. Gosh, and I know back in June, uh, you guys were trying to get out of Iraq someone who was actually descended from the Prophet Muhammad. That's right. Yeah, two two men uh, from northern Iraq, and we got them out. They're in a, another country right now. And, uh, you know, it was one of those, those moments for us where it was touch and go. We didn't think we'd be able to get them out, but we did. And... Um, you know, God's really doing amazing things in their lives that one of them is even kind of considering, you know, seminary and Bible college. And uh, it's going to be awesome to see what God does, you know, to, to use him in a way that reaches his, his population for the gospel, for Jesus. Now, let's talk about you in this, because you and I met in seminary. Uh, your, your dad, Michael, is the, the senior pastor at Church of the Apostles. And it, what got you into particularly helping the persecuted church around the world. I mean, what, why is this a mission for you? You know, nine 11 was a, was a seminal moment for me. And, um, I realized at that moment that this was not going to be a war necessarily won by bombs and guns and, and on a battlefield, but on a spiritual level. And so I became really kind of, uh, just touched by these MBBs, these Muslim background believers and, and what they would share with me in terms of, you know, I know you and I went to a, a reform seminary that didn't know how to kind of what box to put this in, but we were hearing about dreams and visions that these Muslims were having about Jesus, you know, and um, this, 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 these kinds of conversations for me were just, um, they just uplifted me in such a way that I realized that this was the way that, that we were going to be, you know, that we were going to win this war against, groups like ISIS and Taliban. And, and so uh, I started in kind of media ministry towards these people and then became kind of uh, just really passionate about a, more of a ground game effort. How do we actually come along see, alongside these people physically and actually uh, you know, present the gospel personally, but also uh, walk them through their time of weakness. And so that's really you know, nine eleven was a big moment for me, and um, that's kind of how I how I first got into this. Now, what is the biggest threat? Uh, obviously, to the the individual terrorist groups, the 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 Taliban and, and the like, but to help the persecuted, what's the biggest threat to an organization like you being able to fulfill your mission? Well, yeah, and we and you know, to that end, uh, we have been. We have had some safe houses broken into and, and raided. Um, having that breakdown of security uh, is, is something that is a threat to us. We, we can't afford to, to have a safe house breached because of the ripple effect that it would have uh, into the, the larger, larger, broader MBB uh, community. But yeah, that's, that's probably <laughs> the one that we worry about the most is whether or not uh, 
you know, that our people are, are safe on the ground. Well, in circling back to Afghanistan now, with people on the ground and trying to get them out, um, the the government, it looks like, really in the last month or so, has been rushing to get people out. When did you guys really put an effort into thinking you're going to have to start extracting people from Afghanistan? Yeah, it was it was really our partner who called, and he said, um, Josh, we, we need your help because my guys are stuck. We don't have the money to fly them out. We don't have the resources, the political um, clout. And so we came together along with previous administration, White House administration officials, uh, former CIA, former uh, counterterrorism people, former military guys, uh, uh, NGOs, former State Department workers. Some of these people you know really well, Eric. And we have been um, doing group meetings every day on Zoom to discuss how we can solve this crisis and work together and all the major players are on those calls. And, um, that's how we got brought in was really through our, our partner and our partner has really become, um, critical to this because of his, uh, having lived there for 20 years, his staff are super knowledgeable about the region and very, very capable people. And so, you know, we, I just feel, you know, I was humbled when they said, we're going to, some of us are going to stay back and we're going to help. So that has put us in a position to really serve a lot more people than what we thought we were going to do when we, when we initially looked at this operation. Now, last thing for you, uh, before you get off here, what, tell me just a little bit about the, I can hear it in your voice, the, the, the weariness, the, the toll this has taken on you right now. <sighs> it's hard, Eric. I mean, you know, I've got this girl calling me from Kabul, and I sent you her voicemail. I mean, these people are saying, you have to save me. You have to help me. I'm, my dad is missing. My dad was taken by the Taliban. You have to get me out. And, you know, we're not sleeping. I mean, we're all kind of sleeping a couple hours here and there. We get up in the middle of the night. We start working with EVAC teams and charter operators and contractors. And, uh but it's that voicemail that just kind of propelled me and kind of keeps driving me to help her. I've got a picture on my desk of a couple of girls that are the daughters of one of our uh, key people on the ground. They're converts from Islam. And that just drives me, drives me all night and all day. Well, Josh, uh, listen, I, I know it is grueling and I could hear it in your voice without even having to ask you about that. And I appreciate the work you're doing. And uh, for those of you listening, if you want to help help the persecuted, if you text the word donate to 33777, uh, you will get back a link from me. Uh, Josh set this up uh, so you guys will get credit for helping them uh, track through that URL. And anything you can help, they got to raise some money to help keep getting people out of Afghanistan and, and the Middle East in general. And Josh, I sure appreciate the work you're doing and legitimately just thank you so much for stopping by and, and doing what you're doing. Well, I'm, I'm grateful, Eric. You're my only friend that has a, an HTTP URL, HTTP.org slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Well, we, we will keep it going. Josh Youssef, thank you so much. Love you, man. Thank you. Thank you. 
Uh, Help the Persecuted is the organization uh, from Morocco to Afghanistan. They're helping people in Afghanistan. They've still got to evacuate people, even though the U.S. government isn't. If you want to help, uh, text the word DONATE to 33777. Uh, Every dollar goes to helping them uh, evacuate people from Afghanistan right now. Text the word DONATE to 33777.